Welcome to Gain That Tune. Feels good. What's going on, everybody? Game that tune is back in the house in the correct manner with me doing the intro. Mm. Back like Captain America in the middle of Infinity War. It's your boy John Harrington. We got John Regan with us. Say hey. Oh hey man. Oh it's hey, so man, much better. Good. Yeah, it feels good. It feels right. We got uh, David Fleming who held down the fort admirably while I was away. Say hey. Hey. Uh, very impressive job catching that spear thrown at you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Ain't nobody coming onto this planet. That's that's what Captain America says in Infinity War, right? Like, <laughs> welcome to Earth. Yes. <laughs> Shink. Um, and we got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. <laughs> Hell yeah. And um, you know, gonna go ahead and get this out of the way for the first time. We've got the newest member of the Game That Tune family, my hopefully silent co-host, Jacob Harrington, in Aww. the house. Jake, give him a shout out, man. What's up, Jacob? You're the only person uh, that we've ever shouted out on the show that didn't like put in a request. <laughs> no, I, I asked Jake for a shout out, not you. He's just being oh. quiet, man. Okay. <laughs> the motherfucker's 13 days old. You can't expect him to just you know cry on command. Whoops. But uh, um, so if you're just joining us here on Game That Tune, uh, we're gonna listen to some video game music. We've got three songs from a game. A little bit of trivia. We're gonna try and guess the games. Uh, goof off. Have a lot of fun. Winner at the end of the night picks a bo- or plays a bonus tune and uh, picks the theme for the next episode. And Who won last week, fellas. I, I really wasn't listening. Uh, I won last week. Yeah, that's right. David won last week. So, uh, David, what's the theme for tonight's episode? Uh, the theme for tonight is multi-platform games, games that have appeared on more than one console. Good call. I like it. We've done a number of uh, console exclusive episodes, but we've never. Uh, you know, gone specifically multi-platform, so I assume uh, this is going to be our very uh, EA Sports and Call of Duty heavy episode, and it's going to be fucking dope. Um, so, Johnny, unless there's some other reason for us to continue talking and doing this intro again, like the audio's not working, I think we have to jump into game one. Game one. Thank you. 
game generated a uh, considerable controversy uh when it was first released it was related it was rated for mature audiences however it got bumped up to an adults only when some cut content was made available via hacks Welcome to the jungle 
Okay. Well, I guess Johnny thought that, you know, it was it was cool to start the episode with no audio, so he fixed that and then unfixed it on YouTube by getting us uh, flagged by the recording industry. <laughs> so uh, thanks, John. That's a that's a really great start to the show. Apologies to our YouTube users who now can't hear anything. Um, so uh, I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see here. We've got Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which is correct. This is Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yes. Yes, it is, John. <laughs> I never thought you'd be the one picking a Grand Theft Auto game for the show. I kind of thought that was my wheelhouse. This is a, bit, this is a huge surprise to me. I never yeah, thought he'd Johnny be the one to pick the- San Andreas specifically. Yeah, I That's thought the best you were one. more of a Vice City kind of guy. <laughs> Vice City's great too, but San Andreas is... I, like, I really like the soundtrack of San Andreas way more, and I also love just how ridiculously huge the world in San Andreas is. Like, it's bananas big compared it's to It's got a big world, all right. What's yeah. that, John? I said it's got a great big world, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game was uh, immense. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I honestly didn't know you played any of these, so it's just like a total <laughs> surprise. I'm like, See, I knew huh. you had played Vice City, and then once you started playing White Wedding, it was like, oh, it's Vice City. And then you gave the trivia, I was like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. No hot coffee in Vice City, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I'm not sure where we stand on that issue. Was there um, hot cocaine in Vice City? Oh, yes, there was. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I, you know, I kind of wish they would do a new like Vice City, like Grand Theft Auto Six. Whenever it gets announced, I think it's going to be in like Texas or something. Kind of wish it would be back to Vice City, like Grand Theft Auto Five was back in San Andreas. But um, yeah, man, this game's fucking awesome. Uh, and you're right about it having a great soundtrack. I'm trying to remember the stations that I listen to most often. What were your uh, what were your stations in that game, John? Uh, let's see here. My favorite, the one I listen to the most, is probably um. Uh, KDST, the classic rock and roll station, or Radio X, the alternative rock station. My man. Uh, <laughs> dude, yeah, I still literally, I think every now and then, like reference uh, K Dust, like in my <laughs> everyday life, because the one of the ads it was like, you know, it's like Radio K Dust. These songs aren't old; they're just a little dusty. <laughs> I say that more often than I, you know, realize. <laughs> It's like, nah, man, that game's not old. It's just a little dusty. And no one gets it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I spent enough time playing this game for it to uh, imprint upon me. Um, and, yeah, Radio X was dope because you could drive around fucking killing people to mother by dancing and uh, killing in the name by Rage Against the Machine. So yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, David, what about you, man? You uh, you play much San Andreas? Um... No, I mostly played Vice City, which is kind of why I was hoping that this was Vice City. Um, yeah. I wanted to play San Andreas, just because if I remember, there were like three distinct boroughs you could go to. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of just like one city, there were three separate ones, and I thought that seemed massive and huge and expansive. And also, to the people that did play this, settle, settle this for me. Is there a Bigfoot in this game? No. Not that I recall, but I never thought to look for one. Okay, because I, I mean, I've seen like pictures and screenshots of people saying like, yeah, you can find Bigfoot as this Easter egg, but I've like, I've never seen anyone do it. Like, I think it's just a fake Easter egg that got put are in. You think, are you thinking of Grand Theft Auto V? I don't think Bigfoot's a thing in, Vice, or in San Andreas. Well, the, see, I thought it was San Andreas. There's something in San Andreas. Like, allegedly there is something. I thought it was Bigfoot. Hmm. 
Grand Theft Auto V is the one that's enormous and massive and loaded with, you know, secrets that people think they are trying to find out, like the jetpack code at the top of Mount Chiliad and all that shit. Uh, which has not proven to be true, <laughs> unfortunately. I would love to play Grand Theft Auto V with a jetpack, because uh, San Andreas proved that was dope. But, uh, no, um, I, I don't remember anything like that. No, there, there's um, definitely a myth in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas that Bigfoot is in the game, and apparently he is not? Well, I don't know. Maybe that's what they call the dildo weapon that you get in the game, because it's like a foot long and you get to slap people with it. Could that be it? <laughs> you know, because there's definitely... A Definitely a part in San Andreas where you have to wear a gimp suit and attack people with a dildo. So, yep. Uh, well, and you can find happened. it. You can also always find the dildo in the bathroom of the police station, which ah. I don't fully understand. Commentary. But oh, you social understand. commentary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Jesse? Man, did you play? Uh, did you play much San Andreas? <laughs> Not a whole lot, but I did like the the mechanic to where you could either get like really jacked or you could get really fat. That seemed like yeah. a really awesome, you know, mechanic for a game. Yeah, forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, they spend added so time many the unnecessary gym. things. And I don't spend time at the gym in real life. I really don't want to spend time at the gym in a video game. Nah, man. You know that's the thing. I like spending time at the gym in a video game because you can see fucking gains. Like you can go there and press some buttons and fucking pump some virtual weights, and CJ just gets jacked. And you know, they just go outside and like punch the shit out of somebody. You know, when I come home from the actual gym, it's like you know I kind of look the same as I did when I went. This is frustrating. Like. What the hell, man? <laughs> Grand Theft Auto gave me an unrealistic, uh, you know, perception of what would happen by going to the gym. Like, yeah, I don't know, I thought I could eat nothing but fast food and just kind of run it off, and that hasn't proven true in my life at all. At all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm um, trying to think, you know, where were the other unnecessary things? Because, yeah, they had the gym thing, they had the, like, the eating mechanic where you would, like, lose stamina if you didn't eat often enough. Can you get uh, a bunch of, like, different clothes and stuff, too? Oh yeah, you could definitely, you know, there was some clothes changing in uh, in Vice City, but it was more like you had like you go to the golf club and suddenly you're wearing golf clothes. But like this, you could actually go to a store and buy stuff. You get tattoos and haircuts, and uh, you can fucking modify cars, which actually was the most fun thing because you start owning all that property and you're parking fucking rocket cars all over the city, and it's just like, yep, this uh, this game's the shit. This is how I want to live my real life. <laughs> secret rocket cars all over the place and making money from you know casinos and drug deals like ah uh, this is the life yeah um garages and garages of stolen cars <laughs> yeah just go outside take someone's car put some rockets on it and like some sick ass spoilers and then park it in a garage and they'll never come get it you know, it, it's John's car now. <laughs> it, it almost sounds like a, a core mechanic of this game and, and this series as a whole is stealing vehicles perhaps committing a crime, a grand theft of automobiles. Now, now David, let's dig a little deeper on that. <laughs> um, Hang on, I, I'm, yeah. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Oh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> That's why it's said in San Andreas. Nailed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and this one, you know, it, it went further than the uh, just the stealing of cars. You could steal a jetpack from, like, an Area 51 approximation. Uh, I believe you could actually fly a plane in this one. Um, you know, there were boats, but I mean, seriously, who fucking cares about boats in the yeah. Grand Theft Auto world? You only do the like, boats when you have to. Like, you oh don't. man, you know, there'd be some things. I think there was one where like you have to, you have to chase some guys after like a music video shoot or something, and like at some point it involves jet skis, and it's just like, man, you know, unless the, you know, 
it does actually lead to you discovering that the world was to an extent kind of designed like uh, like Nightboat on The Simpsons. Like, why are we having a jet ski chase? It's Grand Theft Auto. It's made for cars. Oh, look, there's like a fjord through the middle of downtown, you know, Los Santos. Okay, this works. <laughs> but still, it was a stretch. There's always a fjord. Um, Episode title. <laughs> But yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, you know, the missions, uh, I vaguely remember the story of this game. I remember that he plays a guy named CJ, and I remember Big Smoke and uh, Ryder, who looked exactly like Easy e uh, You know, Johnny, help me out here. Who else we got in this game? Well, I just remember a lot of celebrity voices. Samuel L. Jackson played the main corrupt cop. Yeah, and, that guy. What's his name? Was it Chris Penn played as, like, you know, backup guy or partner or whatever? That was oh. a good team of like celebrity or I mean a voice actors for that because yeah Samuel Jackson is you know just Samuel Jackson he's got a great voice and Chris Penn surprisingly can play a good piece of shit like uh, you know rest in peace Chris Penn but that guy played a number of good pieces of shit in his life <laughs> so, oh yeah yeah um, yeah and then I think Tommy Chong was in it somewhere as like a uh, you know guy running a farm out in the middle of nowhere which eventually leads you to the alien thing no 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 I, no no that was um oh crap. Uh, uh, you can't say seven words on TV, guy. What's George his name? Carlin. Oh, it's George, um, Carlin. George Carlin. It's George yeah. Carlin who played that. Right. Okay. Cool. And, you know, thank you for taking me to school there, John. I wasn't expecting that. And then, um, and then you had uh, David Cross, wasn't it? Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Oh. oh mm. On See, like the worst missions. <laughs> you just jarred something loose. David Cross had you do the worst fucking missions. He had like the RC car shop. Oh, you yep. had to like Oof. outfit RC cars and helicopters with fucking explosives to take down his rival RC shop owner. And it's yeah. like, you know, CJ, maybe you should just go do something else. <laughs> like this really seems like is... some pilly <laughs> shit, shit, CJ, that you're getting involved yeah. in. Like no, you don't you have to get involved in everyone's problems, CJ. <laughs> yeah. But it's totally a David Cross character, though. <laughs> like that's perfect for him. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, fuck, I forgot all about those RC missions. That was one of those things that made me stop playing the game for a while. It's like, you know, fuck this, I got, I got nothing else going on. I, you know, I'm gonna go play anything but this. Um, and I'm trying to think of, you know, I mean, what's your, uh, what's your favorite area in the game there, John? Is it, you know, which city do you like? Los Santos, San Fierro, uh, fucking Las Venturas. What were the others? Can you remember which ones are which? Well, San Fierro was the San Francisco one. Los Santos was the LA one. There was one that was kind of like out in the country, like Redwoodsy kind of area. Um, yeah, that was all. That was all the in between space. the The main third one was the Vegas approximation. Yeah. I don't remember the Vegas one that well because I don't recall getting very. Uh, wait, no, no, no. Because I do. Vague, I think that was about where I kind of gave up was in the Vegas area because there's a, a mission where you have to like parachute to a guy's house and take everybody out. And yeah. I kept failing. <laughs> and she was like, rage quit. Didn't this one introduce the, like, kind of help you out mechanics of, like, trip skip and, like, could you eventually skip a mission if you failed it too many times? Or am I thinking, is that all in, like, Grand Theft Auto 4? Oh, I man, I do not remember. Because, you know, because there was a large part of, uh, like, the Grand Theft Auto series that was the frustration of failing a mission, having to start all over, and drive back to where the mission was taking place. And I think they started getting rid of that in this one, but I don't remember. But it was a great idea. Um, yeah. Man, the game's just fucking dope. And it had multiplayer. Did you ever play multiplayer San Andreas? No, I don't remember having multiplayer. Yeah, you could get, like, two-player stuff. There were two-player rampages, and you could huh. do, like, two-player free run. And me and my boy Michael did that shit all the time. Nice. Yeah. 
you know, you fucking, uh, like, I can't remember if you had to get, you could find, like, an icon in certain spots of the city and then, like, have a, fr- a friend hit, t- you know, start on the second controller. And it was pretty limited. You had to stay in the same, like, camera thing. It didn't split screen, so you guys had to stay together. Uh, which led to some very funny, like, motorcycle crashes, because, like, we'd try and team up on a motorcycle and jump over the big canyon or whatever, and then, like, he'd fall off, and I would go flying until the camera limit was hit and fall into, you know, like, fall into the canyon myself. It was, uh, it was a bizarre feature, but it was a lot of fun. But, um, I'm having, yeah. a, good, I'm having a good time looking up the cast in this game. Uh, James Woods was in this game. Oh, good. Yes. As Mike Torino, I don't know who that is. Charlie Murphy plays somebody named okay, Jizzy yeah, B. Yeah, I meant to get back to that because yeah, Charlie Murphy playing Jizzy B. Also, that's still a phrase that's just in my brain. Like, there's a mission where you start and you accept a phone call from him, and he goes partner, and then you say Jizzy, what's going on? <laughs> it's very funny to me. <laughs> it's very funny to everybody. Yeah. Okay, see, I. I, I was all set to agree with everybody that Samuel L. Jackson playing a corrupt cop was perfect casting until I found out Charlie Murphy plays a character named Jizzy B. That is perfect casting. It'd be so much better if he was really a B, but he is a pimp. Um, but yeah, and then uh, yeah, I think Ice T- Ice T's in it too. He plays a rapper. Um, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a hell of a game, man. You know, it's uh, it's a ton of fun, and it's totally worth replaying. I, I do have a correction. I always thought it was George Carlin that played the hippie dude. It's Peter Fonda that plays the hippie oh. dude. Oh, wow. That's I feel, like, I feel like it's Peter Fonda doing an impression of George Carlin. No, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm disappointed in all of us. How did we not have an ear for Peter Fonda in this game? I mean, Damn geez. You know. I never got that far. <laughs> Also, I don't know who Peter Fonda is outside of <laughs> Escape from New York. Or Escape from L.A., damn it. Um, but yeah, what a fucking game, man. You know, Maybe that's why Peter Fonda was in it, because it's San Andreas and it's L.A. and he's uh, he's the Escape from L.A. guy. Maybe that's it. That's probably it. Uh, um, he's also in Ghost Rider from 2007. That's, so that like, I'm pretty sure that, that Peter Fonda is more than just the Escape from L.A. guy. Not was to he, me, he ain't. Was he the dude that was in Guardians 2? That was Kurt Russell. Okay. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, yeah. They're interchangeable in my mind. Um, but anyway, John, anything else on Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? An excellent pick. Unexpected completely from you. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't have anything else to say. You're just full of surprises, John. Game 2. Thank you. 
That's good. I, I For a minute there, I thought I might have left that track at like eight minutes. I was like, I think I faded this out. But I was starting to lose confidence in myself, so that's good. Um, so this is our fan request for the evening. Um, this was uh, in our request queue for a while, but I can't figure out who requested it. So given the nature of the request, I'm going to give it to Patreon super fan tier producer Alex Messenger. Thank you, Alex, for this request. <laughs> um, Maybe? Yeah, uh, so this game was released for the Super NES, Sega Genesis, and the Game Gear and Game Boy, and the game features five playable characters, each with unique levels that must be completed before unlocking a final boss level. This game is also considered incredibly difficult due to its lack of a save system. is everybody feeling about that pretty okay i think i know it's something i should know but i'm drawing a plank you should jesse i thought you i thought you loved this game i feel like we've used this game before and that last song was not long enough for me to pull up the list and check (laughs) (laughs) we've not used this game before on the actual show okay all right oh yeah Oh, fuck, Aww. it's that game. <laughs> uh, so, David says Battletoads and Double Dragon, the ultimate team of Jesse. What did you say, GMA? I just game. <laughs> oh, okay, a game. And John, John Regan has the correct answer. It's Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade's Revenge. That's why I, that's why I recognize it. It's fucking yes, Tim Fallen. Jesse, you know, would you like to take just a brief moment to plug your Tim Fallen mixtape? Fallen oh, yeah, it's, it's so great. It came out in February on Valentine's Day. It's all about a boy and his love for two other boys who do music and uh we just talked about tim fallen actually there's not much talking it's just tim fallen tracks back to back to back to back just Mm -hmm. tim and jeff fallen just giving it to you it's the way it should be you know Mm. this really sounds like the plot to like in any movie that you would see a sundance or something yeah. This sounds does. like the plot to that Army Hammer movie that came out at Sundance not too long ago. <laughs> Call me by Tim <laughs> Fallon's name. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, check out uh, check out Fallen in Love, the uh, Tim Fallon mixtape. I believe that's in the normal feed, but eh, you probably want to go to Patreon and pay us just in case. Um, but yeah, so this <laughs> is Spider-Man and the X-Men and Arcade's Revenge, developed by Software Creations, and which means it gets a, a soundtrack from Tim and Jeff Fallon. And, uh, man, that's the best thing about this game. Uh, that soundtrack is good, baby. Uh, <laughs> has yeah. anyone actually played this fucking game? <laughs> I ran it once. 
I read it at once. Yeah. I said, this and game's not for me. <laughs> not, not so hot. I um, couldn't get past the first Spider-Man level. <laughs> no, it's hard, man. It's those long-ass Super Nintendo platform and ex- like exploration levels. This shit's like Home Improvement Power Tool Pursuit. It's long <laughs> and inscrutable. And it's got Spider-Man, you know, and you swing on stuff. Actually, it's a lot like Home Improvement Power Tool Pursuit now that I'm thinking about it. Um, Maybe that's the secret. Maybe Tim Allen got trapped in one of Arcade's death traps, and that's what the game was based on. Maybe he was trying to build Arcade's death trap. Maybe Tim (laughs) Allen works for X-Men supervillains. Yeah, Arcade contracted Tim the Toolman Taylor to build him a murder world. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he actually succeeded because it's uh, it's very effective against uh, children who try to play this fucking game. I don't Um, think so, Tim. (laughs) You know, I bet if you look at the feet of every single Sentinel, it's got the Binford logo. I think so. Yeah, it's in the footprints. (laughs) And, you know, that's one thing that threw me off about this game. I remember running it. And just thinking, who the fuck is Arcade? And to this day, Same. I still don't know who the hell Arcade is. He is Jesse, do you a... want to take this one or do you want me to? Yeah, go for it. I mean, guys. <laughs> all I know, he's like a like a C-level villain. Would you say C or B? Maybe B. Uh, I'd probably say C. But, like, he just... Does he ha- actually have legit powers? Or is it just he builds these death worlds and then he makes the X-Men fight in them? He, he basically just builds giant death trap worlds and then, like, tricks heroes into going into them. He had, like, he's a terrible villain, but yeah. he exists just for the purpose of any point at any time any character can go into, like, a death trap and they have to get out. Oh, an arcade was behind it. Like, so on the one hand, he's a terrible villain, but on the other hand, he's a fucking awesome villain because yeah. for no reason, death trap. He can make a great, you know, he's a great comic setup villain. <laughs> like, you know. Man, this place is a little, uh, little uncanny valley. Oh God, it's another arcade thing. Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, uh, so, um, yeah, man, uh, this game's not very fun. It's hard, um, you know. And again, yeah, when I played it, I never even got to play as somebody besides Spider-Man. Like, uh, you do get to play as Wolverine and Gambit and Storm and um, Cyclops. Cyclops. But uh, no, I never got to do that. Like, it just, it didn't come up. Uh, I did watch a playthrough of this before the show, and it's like, oh, this looks like it could be fun, but at the same time, I can never tell when you're watching an expert-level playthrough of something like this if it's actually fun or the guy that made it is a complete loser. Like, I think it's, you know, in this case, probably the latter. Like, I don't know how you go through this on, like, a a no-death run without... I don't know. I'm, you know, with a Super NES game this big and weird with no save system, like how do you, how do you get good enough at this frustrating ass game to do a no yeah. death run? I, but. I was so disappointed with this because I remember before playing this, I had rented um, Spider-Man versus the Kingpin for Sega Genesis, and that game Ooh. is a lot of fun. It's got a little side mission where you can like try to take pictures of the villains and you sell them to buy more web cartridges or something like that. I remember there's oh, there's nice. a little like picture taking you know part and like that was kind of cool and. <laughs> It had a good amount of villains that you've heard of, and then I ran this. It was just like, okay, one, who's arcade? Two, why yeah. is this so hard? <laughs> like, three, why can't I take pictures of anything? This sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're done here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it did have arcade, who was barely in it, really. Like, he's just the guy behind the scenes who built all the levels, and it does have fake versions of all the villains, like you know, basically like Doombot versions of like Carnage and Rhino and Apocalypse and Juggernaut and. All that stuff, but yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah, who the fuck could ever get to it? Like, I, you know, I was watching, you know, the video of it, and like, 
Some of it seems like it could be kind of fun, like Spider-Man's thing, he's swinging on rooftops. But then, like, Wolverine's level, he's trapped in, like, a fun house? Or, like, a toy store? And the Juggernaut's rampaging through it. And, you know, it it looked fun in the stupidest possible way, because you have to hurt the Juggernaut a bunch by... You have to run away from the Juggernaut. And as you're running, there's a bunch of fucking, like, Acme company, like, you know, fucking Wile E. Coyote setups where there's, like, anvils and, like, thousand-ton weights on ropes... So who could possibly cut down these anvils and make them all fall on the Juggernaut? Oh, maybe Wolverine. <laughs> like, so you gotta run away from the Juggernaut and smack him with anvils. And I'm like, you know, this would be a pretty good episode of Looney Tunes. Are we sure this- that they didn't just have this like Home Alone game they were working on and couldn't get the licensing <laughs> and just sold it to Marvel instead? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, Is this the new again, goofy X Men uh, cartoon reboot that people are going to be angry about? Oh yeah, man! X Men snicked. It's going to be fucking. <laughs> yeah, that sounds people amazing. Are hate it. <laughs> again, this is the entire appeal of Arcade as a character: terrible villain, but you want to have Wolverine like doing Acme shit to stop the Juggernaut. That's what he exists for. Hell yeah! yeah exactly. He's he's like the guy from Saw, but in like comic book form, and he fucks with the X Men. Like you know. He just wants to play a game, and you're probably going to die. Like, I think if you don't defeat the Juggernaut by the end of the level, you have to die. <laughs> like, it's not like, oh, you, you made it and the Juggernaut falls off a cliff or something. Like, I think you get cornered by the Juggernaut and, like, you're going to die. <laughs> so He's uh, making it to the end and the Juggernaut gets off of a cliff, looks down, disappears, falling down, while yeah. a cloud of Juggernaut-shaped dust follows <laughs> after him. Holds up a little sign that says, I'm the Juggernaut bitch, and then he falls. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like um, Arcade is maybe uh, the X-Men's version of Mysterio. Hmm. But then why yeah. Spider-Man there? <laughs> like, if it's Mysterio, then just make it Mysterio, because this is a Spider-Man game at some point. I don't, you know, I don't know. Um... Yeah, it's but weird yeah. that it's in, like, X-Men villain, X-Men team, and then Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they team up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but... Sure. Wolverine and Peter like to play poker with Human Torch and things, so... True that. Oh, that's true. But yeah, there's also, uh, there's, you know, Cyclops' levels take place in a mine. There's, like, minecart riding sections like Donkey Kong Country. Um, and you eventually fight Master Mold, which, you know, that's fun. Um, and then Storm's levels make the least sense out of anything. Um, have you seen a video of this? Do you know what you do in Storm's levels? <laughs> I do not. Storm's level make the least amount of sense, bearing in mind that we've already had Wolverine <laughs> dropping anvils on the Juggernaut. Yeah, Wolverine dropping anvils on a Juggernaut, fucking Cyclops riding a minecart, and Gambit running away from a fucking Indiana Jones rolling ball. I hate that And Storm's level. levels oh somehow God. make the least sense. <laughs> um, there's swimming levels. Like, why is Storm confined to the water levels? (laughs) Like, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense in like a in like an arcadey saw type torture situation because Storm is not effective in water levels. But like, what? (laughs) Why? (laughs) It makes sense as a Home Alone game. John, movie games was like last week, motherfucker. You got to get off this. Um, just, yeah, I know you I'm really want to bust out like, Home Alone. Storm, here is this giant underwater tank that you must traverse through. Can I just fly over it to get yeah. to the other side? Like, yeah, or just like create a fucking like typhoon and blast all the water out of it, and then float out of it, or shock the whole thing with electricity? Like, you motherfucking storm, you do what you want. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Like a water I don't know, spell. having to make Storm swim and like worry about an oxygen meter, it's like, ugh, God, that's, you know, maybe this whole game really is just made to torture the, the player, like, 
It's kind of what, kind of the vibe I'm getting from it, because like none of it sounds particularly fun. Um, and you know, fucking a, like I, I just don't know. You know, it's not a, it's not a like terrible looking game. It's got a great soundtrack. It's you know, but you know, what a fucking like miss. <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> X Men games could be so much better than this. I think that was the other thing. I think I was expecting every time I played this as like a kid or even as an adult rebuying classic games. It's like, is this that X Men game for Sega Genesis, the one where it starts out and you're in like the snow level? Fuck no, it's not. <laughs> nope, not. Fuck. Close. <laughs> Sever that one. <laughs> I know this isn't going to make any sense to podcast listeners, but that was beautiful where John just, is this the X-Men game on Genesis that starts with the snow level? Immediately, John and Jesse shake their heads. No, no. We've all been there. You, you think you got the fucking right X-Men game, and then it's Arcade's Revenge. That's Arcade's true revenge. <laughs> like He made a game that's easy to confuse for a better game. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, so thanks, us. Mysterious Stranger, parentheses Alex Messenger, for this request. Um, classic Fallen soundtrack, and may we never play this game again. <laughs> game 3.
So, the title of this game is a reference to the abilities of its main character, and one of the creators of the series revealed that the title is specifically stylized as a tribute to Rumiko Takahashi's manga Ranma One Half, which is cited several times as an influence on the series. Got some answers slash guesses. Oh, I think I have the answer on this one. Some of that music was quite distinct. <laughs> so, uh, Jesse says anime, which is technically incorrect. John Regan says Grand Theft Auto Hip Coffee Shop, which is incorrect. While John Harrington has the correct answer of Shantae Half Genie Hero. Indeed. That was some vert-ass music. Yes, it was. Jesse, you still with us? You're giving kind of like deer and headlights look. Yeah, I'm here. I've, just, okay. I've never played this game. I've wanted yes. to. Um, and I was following up with no words to give David the platform to talk about Shantae. Uh, so this was the their Kickstarter game. Um, and the the original base game is pretty fun and pretty good uh, but once they finished all of the extras that they had raised in the stretch goals this game got better and now that they've completed everything and they've released like the definitive edition I highly recommend picking it up because it's a ton of fun go on I'm just wondering how much feedback I'm going to get um, so it's, it's kind of weird because um, 
Pirate's Curse, which is the, the game that came before this, is, like, technically better, but it's the least Shantae game. You don't dance. Um, it's more of, like, a Metroidvania-style, where this one, you get your, your dancing ability back um, and the transformations that come with it. But because it was done through Kickstarter, um, they kept adding chapters, so it's kind of unevenly paced. Like, the, the first level is really good and solid, the second level is really good and solid, or world, I guess. Um, and then, like, towards the end, it's not quite as strong, and there are certain transformations that you get that are really well used and really fun to control, and then there are some that you get them and you use them maybe once or twice in the game and that's it, and they're only there to collect, like, a couple extra collectibles hidden, and you can tell, like, obviously this is the stretch goal stuff that they said, alright, we're done with the game, now we gotta add this into it. <laughs> cool? That's funny. I never really thought about that, but yeah, all that stretch goal stuff. You know, it's uh, they probably uh, all those Kickstarter games. I've always wondered about that. Like, what if they plan for a stretch goal they never like reach? <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, man. Like, we can't have that in level one. Now we, oh hell, you know, this Kickstarter game was a terrible idea. So it makes <laughs> sense to tack it on to the end of the game like that. Yeah, because like the um, the the second world. Every, every world is kind of like its own separate story chapter, um, and then there's the overarching story, so you could tell they could kind of add and subtract when they needed to. On uh, the first, or the second one, you, you stopping a counterfeit mermaid operation, uh, where they're trying to turn women into mermaids by attaching, like, basically having fish swallow their legs. Um, and there's a section where you're going down this waterfall area, and it's this really fun platforming section third world there's a you're scaling a tower in the desert and there's a giant worm monster chasing after you so it's this like race against the clock really fun the next the fifth world i think it is there's a castle you go into that's just kind of like a maze it's not really interesting it's just kind of you go in one door and pop out somewhere else and you Love can that. you can pretty much tell like oh shit um just just make a castle it's fine whatever make a, make a door maze those those go over real well <laughs> Uh. Um, but that's that's all in the main game. Once you get to the add-ons, there's a, a section where you can play as the main boss um, and go through a separate adventure with her. There's a, a section called Friends to the End where you can play as her three, Shantae's three best friends, Sky, Bolo, and Roddy Tops, and you alternate between them on the fly. They each have their own abilities. That's really fun. There's a costume section where there's you can play as Shantae in um, a swimsuit where she's trying to find the perfect beach which is like a time attack mode, because you have this sunburn meter, and the more time that you spend in the sun, the more you get sunburned, and eventually you'll die. So it's like a race against the clock, um, which is really fun. There's a ninja mode, which basically plays like Ninja Gaiden. Like the, the, wall, the wall jump and the wall climbing literally feels like the wall jumping in Ninja Gaiden. It's awesome. And then there's a police mode, which dresses her up like uh, Patricia Wagon from Mighty Switch Force, and it adds in the switching blocks to all the levels, which is actually a lot of fun, too. And that's cool. So, was that all, like, kickstarted, or was that just, like, DLC later on? Like, you know... It is. If you it... if you back the game on Kickstarter, you got it for free. If you right. bought the core game, it was DLC. Gotcha. If you buy the definitive edition that's out now, it all comes included in. Bingo. Just wondering, because it's like, you know... Uh, that's you know, like making her dress up as the chick from Mighty Switch Force sounds like you know that's a that's a really good thing to like, get people to die. The Kickstarter fans of Way Forward would probably back that like crazy, uh, you know. Just and then, like this guy. 
Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they really know their market. Guys like David. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, so this one came out. This was like the most recent one. So it's on like PS4. Is it on Switch yet? Uh, yes. Um, it, okay. it came out for um, PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, and then they had um, a Switch port, a Vita port, and then it's on Steam. Word. Yeah, it's uh, it's everywhere. Yeah, I'm not gonna talk much of mess on Shantae. I played uh, played Pirates Curse, and it's a fun-ish game, but I don't know. It just didn't uh, didn't keep me didn't get its hooks in. You know, like uh, I don't know. There's something something missing for me. Like it, it's fun. Maybe maybe I need to play one of the ones you're talking about with like the dancing and the transformations because I feel like Pirates Curse was a lot of hair whipping. And yeah. it's, You know, just like this. You know, it's fun, but it's not fun enough to keep me wanting to play the whole game just whipping hair and, you know, going back and forth across these fucking levels again. There, yeah, I feel like there was a lot of backtracking to that game. So Yeah, Half Genie here is definitely a little bit more linear. Um, you can go back to levels to, like, search out collectibles and 100% right. the game and all that, um, but it's definitely a more structured level-by-level level approach. Uh, and then you do have the transformations. There's the monkey. There's the elephant. There's the mermaid. The yeah, classics. That, that sounds, you know, that sounds more appealing than just, you know, cartoon Metroidvania with, you know, hair whipping mechanic. Like, I might have, might have to actually check this one out. But, um, yeah, so they're never going to make these ever again. Or are they, are they just going to, like, kickstart these from now on? Like, you know, what's the status on Shantae? What's Way Forward doing these days? <laughs> See, I don't know because, like... They, they finished this game, um, they released it, obviously, and apparently the the definitive edition, they had a special day one edition, which was a limited physical run that had like a soundtrack CD and an art book, and that sold out completely. So one would imagine that the Kickstarter backers already got theirs, unless everybody decided to buy it all over again. Right. It's apparently doing pretty well, so... I think yeah. the brand's going to continue, but yeah, they've, they've done the Kickstarter. I don't know if they're going to keep Kickstartering, Kickstarter, keep <laughs> crowdfunding, or if there they're go. going to like try to find a publisher now, or what. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like they, I don't know, it seems like these games always have a good like warm reception, and they, you know, they're they received well, so I don't know why they don't have a publisher. Uh, seems like they need to work on that. Because uh, for you know people that like them and people that like sweet Jake Kaufman soundtracks, man, they just keep coming. So uh, you know, yeah, man, you know, good game, good uh, good Shantae tunes. You, you got anything else before we move on? Um, no. The only thing I wanted to do was give a special shout out to um, Christina V, who they finally gave Shantae a voice, and she voices like most of the female characters in the game. Um, mm. And she's she's a cool lady. And yeah, she you also- included her. On the uh, end of 2016 mixtape, singing the fucking or no, you, you include her at some point singing on this uh, on this show. Yeah, and then she, you um, some she sang the, the main title theme. She's also the voice of Sarah Bella from Skullgirls, and right. currently the voice of Sailor Moon or Sailor Mars on the new Sailor Moon show. I didn't know there was a new Sailor Moon show. I've got some masturbating to do. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Johnny, should we keep going to the next game? <laughs> no, I want to go masturbate to Sailor Moon. <laughs> Don't we all, man? I wish it was still 7th grade. (laughs) 
guys. Um, the trivia for this game is on the Game Gear, it had a few exclusive levels. Uh, the first level is actually of one of the characters um, doing something. <laughs> Sorry. And then, uh, and then there was an overworld that was replaced with three side-scrolling levels um, of a character going through a desert. Okay. Hmm. feeling oh okay, i guess i'm feeling pretty comfort oh, no. <clears throat> let's see what you guys got we got uh david with star wars we got johnny with star wars and <laughs> john has just star wars <laughs> you guys are all right And uh, this was actually the Sega Master System version. Gotcha. I didn't I know felt- they released a game just called Star Wars. <laughs> I thought there was always a subtitle to that. Um, hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, this game was on the NES, the Master System, the Game Boy, and on the Game Gear. Um, I actually had the Game Gear version growing up. Tight. This isn't the version where Darth Vader turns into the Scorpion, is it? No, that's a weird Japanese one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this one, um, I don't think you actually fight Darth Vader in this one, because, you know, you don't in the uh, the movie. <laughs> I mean, Obi-Wan <laughs> does, but... A, a really well-done Master so well. System cutscene. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, uh... 
This game is really, it, it's, it's kind of fun, but it's really freaking hard. Uh, there's some stuff that doesn't make sense, like when you go looking for Obi-Wan, um, well, looking for R2, you have to go in this like crazy cave and stuff and fight all these like sand people and it's like, that never happened in the movie, god. <laughs> you have to watch out for all this like dripping goo off the you know ceiling and stuff, it's awful. And then Amen. you have to Space go goo. inside a sand crawler and kill a bunch of Jawas, which, you know, in the movie, then he shows up, a bunch of stormtroopers had killed the Jawas. But in this, in the game, I guess it's Luke Skywalker killing a bunch of Jawas. Fucking... They, they ripped him off. You know, yeah. sold him some fucking stolen droids, man. <laughs> like, you know, those clearly those Jawas had, you know, they're, they're supposedly just like kindly merchants. No, they had no honor. They, <laughs> you know, they sold him no some honor. fucking, some bad droids. <laughs> I, I'm looking you know, this up on Wikipedia. Jawa guy. I'm looking this up in this whole rebellion business. I'm looking this up on Wikipedia, and it says that you fight Boba Fett in the game, or at least that he appears in it, which is just all kinds of incorrect. He's not supposed nice. to be around till the next movie. Well, technically, in the special edition, you see him, and he's in the kind. He's at the uh, Mos Eisley, and so there is this, uh, an enemy that looks kind of like Boba Fett that you fight, and he kind of flies away and throws grenades at you and stuff. That's classic Boba Fett, man. Yeah. <laughs> Another Maybe it's thing that to be Jango Fett. Well, Ooh. he would—he'd be—he's dead. Yeah, but they didn't know that then. <laughs> yeah, this is 1991, baby. <laughs> who knows who anything is in Star Wars yet? Um, That's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, they were—they were just rewriting the rules as they went along. Um, yeah, weird, man. I—I I didn't know this existed at all. <laughs> like, you know, like you know, I—I I was aware of like Super Star Wars, you know, and like the Star Wars arcade cabinet and shit, but like this. No. See, I, I definitely knew about this. I never played Star Wars, but I definitely owned Empire Strikes Back for Game Boy. That's dope. That's cool. I bet that was Which great. was a really <laughs> weird game. <laughs> I can only imagine the battle on Hoth on a Game Boy screen. <laughs> well, it was, it was the same... It seems to be the same kind of thing like this, where it, it follows the, the basic beats of the movie, but it also embellished because you start off as Luke and his Tauntaun exploring ice caves and like hunting down droids for a good solid like 30 minutes tight <laughs> there's uh. there's this one thing you can do in the game that basically you make it so you can't die and you can't uh, progress any further in the game so you just get stuck and you can't you have to start over and it sucks and basically so in the Death Star if you accidentally get to the Millennium Falcon before you rescue Princess Leia, you're just fucked. You're you're stuck at the Millennium Falcon. You know, no telling what's gonna happen to Princess Leia now, and you're just trapped in that hangar forever, because you can't like actually get in the Millennium Falcon unless you have Princess Leia, and it's just a stupid game bug that you know huh. shouldn't have been allowed to happen. Weird. I mean, not all that weird. It's, it's like a Star Wars game on Master System. I'm sure they didn't debug this very well, but like that yeah. sucks. <laughs> uh. Man, yeah, I, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to think of how this game could be, like, made better, I mean, because all the Star Wars, like, all the Star Wars movies were out at this point, Star Wars was, like, waning in popularity by 91, like, this could have just been, like, all three Star Wars movies in one game, or, like, I don't no, know. No, it's just, just the first movie. Or it was, like, a f yeah. fun, reverent look, like, it could have been, like, a chibi Star Wars or something, to, like, just kind of have some fun with the characters that everybody knows and kind of loves at that point. Like, you know, I love your trivia and having to uh, blank out stuff. First level is of someone doing 
something. I was just gonna ask, what is the first yeah. level? <laughs> oh, it's Princess Leia delivering the stolen plans to R2-D2. Yeah, so that would have given it away. So it's the end of uh, fucking Rogue One? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, like, just after Darth Vader wrecks everyone's day. <laughs> yeah, Dar Darth Vader shows up in the game, he starts talking, and he sounds really old. And then he does a lot of stuff that's way more advanced than he'd ever done in the series at that point. And then, uh, then you get those uh, Sega Master System graphics on Leia's face saying, Hope. That's, that's how the game starts. It's a really ballsy start for the movie. Uh, so, See, yeah, which true. one was... You brought up a good point, like, why couldn't they condense all three movies into one cart? Well, it was 91. Well, they got the end of Rogue One in here. Like Exactly. They were why couldn't they know, just ahead of the game by 27 years. Or 20, 26 years. You know, why couldn't they just put everything they wanted into the game? Like, you know, where's my man Yoda? Seems like he should be bouncing around the game somewhere, like Scrooge McDuck on his little stick, you know? Like, why isn't that a thing? Like, <laughs> Oh my god, I want a thing. Yoda game that's just, like, DuckTales, but... <laughs> Yoda. I might have just come up with the best Star Wars game ever. <laughs> just DuckTales but Yoda. <laughs> uh, you know, Yoda needs uh, needs more games, because it's established that he can bounce around like a crazy person when he's in a sword fight. We all saw episode two. Add into that it's a amazing. cane bounce and a bunch of treasure hunting, and boom, you know, Yoda Tales. Woo! That's just, you know, that writes itself. <laughs> I was just going to say, can you imagine getting to, like, the giant rat boss on the moon and then busting out a lightsaber? <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, Game of the year. Dude, you know, this needs to happen. David, can you contact your people at WayForward? I know you're connected with them through the Kickstarter. Can you get them, like, the DuckTales Remastered team to get on Yoda's Tales? And, they have uh, to meet up with EA since they own the Star Wars games right now. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Joint venture from it. EA and WayForward coming to you <laughs> next fall. Oh, man. Just gonna I say, mean, like, hang on, let me get my phone. Hey, Matt Boson, listen to me on this one. You're gonna remake DuckTales Remastered, but with Yoda. Okay, what kind of level? No, same levels, same everything. Yeah, it's thing. just Yoda. Okay, can we give Yoda, you know, a set of, uh, like, perky tits? Boson, focus, man, it's Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> Second question, how did you get this number? <laughs> it's on Kickstarter, right? Everybody's connected. Um... Yeah, no, seriously, man. If they would just make some, like, fun, kind of cheeky, you know, Star Wars indie-ish games, like, they'd be doing really well. Like, you know, Battlefront and, uh, you know, the kind of super serious, like, shooter Star Wars games, you know, they're all well and good. But, like, put Yoda in DuckTales, that's gonna draw in your fucking nerd crowd hard. <laughs> like, you know, I'm trying to think, like, now I just want to, like, bitch about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh, what's Yoda doing being funny and bouncing on a cane, you know? Ugh, it's fucking... It's, I mean, I guess as long as you don't alter the art style. If it's Yoda bouncing yeah. on a cane, that's one thing. <laughs> but if it's Yoda bouncing on a cane and he looks like the characters from Steven Universe, oh man, a certain generation of nerd is gonna fucking lose it. <laughs> we've, got, we've, got our Yoga, we've got our Yoda pogo bouncing game, but he still looks like he's a puppet, so everything's yeah. cool. Everything's fine, right, kids? I mean, adult kids? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be $10? That's a bit much to pay for a Yoda bouncing on a stick game. I think we'll pass. You know. Mm, nerds fucking suck. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anything else on uh, on Star Wars for the Game Gear, Jesse? Or Game Gear, Master System, and whatever other systems you said? Um, I think that's pretty much it. It's The game it's okay. merely titled Star Wars. <laughs> you know, pull quote for the back of the box. It's okay, Jesse Moore. Um... So, fuck yeah, man. Uh, Johnny, 
I'm using my force, uh, force powers on you to convince you to go to game five. Just do it. Game five. At some point during planning of this game, this game was envisioned with a modern setting, as the developers have shared concept art showing the game's main character wearing modern clothes, playing an electric guitar, 
and riding a motorcycle. Other concepts included a war game and an alien invasion game. Damn, this sounds familiar. So Once we do answers and get into this discussion, you're going to have to remind me what that second song is because it's driving me nuts. Sure thing, pal. Sure thing. So, what do we have? Uh, Jesse says butts. Uh, there's some of those. John Regan says Call of Duty. And David has the correct answer. It's The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, fuck. Wow, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, man, oh man, what a game. And that's right. Thank you, David, for choosing this theme and saying, multi-platform games, let's go with two platforms. I'm like, cool. I got just the game for that. <laughs> I've been needing a reason to play this game on the show. Mostly, like, I need a special occasion. Special occasion, I'm back, motherfucker. And, you know, reason? It launched on two platforms, man. I've actually, you know, I've known people that actually played this for the Wii U. I think I'm talking about David. <laughs> I played this on the Wii U? He sure did. <laughs> How was it playing it on the Wii U, my man, while the rest of the world was playing it on the Switch? Um, it was fun. It was enjoyable. I enjoyed being able to take the gamepad anywhere I wanted within my living room. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I love being able to play it on the gamepad and not go out of line of sight of the TV. Like, I literally can't walk, you know, the 13 feet in my apartment to go take a shit <laughs> and fucking keep playing a game on the Wii U gamepad. <laughs> like, but man, getting that Switch, you know, getting that launch day Switch and getting that Breath of the Wild. Uh, I spent a few nights, like, you know, okay, it's you know time to go to bed, it's getting after midnight, I'm still just, like, laying in bed fucking playing that shit, like, to the point where it's... You know, like, I'm falling asleep, and it's hitting me in the face. It's like, all right, it really is time to turn that shit off. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but it feels good, man. Switch is a beautiful system, and this is a beautiful game. <laughs> like, what a fucking game it is, man. Um, I remember it's my... um, a friend of mine had come over and saw the box. He was like, oh, oh, you got it. What, what's it like? What, can, you, you have to describe what this game is like. And the best way that I can describe this game is 
Have you ever played a game where you're going through an area and you just kind of look in the distance and see something that catches your eye and think, what's that? Imagine yeah. playing a game where you can then go there. Right. Like no matter what it is, where it is, just what the hell is that? I'm going to find out. That's yeah. Breath of the Wild. Fucking love it. Like, uh, it is just such a fucking fun, like, exploration game. You know, there's, there's fun other elements to it. I mean, like, you know, the combat's good. Good, not great. The, you know, all the weapons, you know, it's it's fun to find the weapons, but it is unfortunate how quickly they break when you're beating stuff up with them. You know, the runes, you know, the bombs and the magnet and the ice thing and the time stopping, like, you know, you can do some really fun puzzle solving. But man, just fucking wandering around Hyrule and being like, huh, I wonder what's on top of that hill. I guess I'll climb it. Oh, look, another Korok seed. Or like, oh, look, just, you know, a fucking tree to climb and steal a, a poor bird's eggs to eventually make into an omelet. Like, there's just something everywhere in the game. <laughs> like, it's so much fun and just so, I don't know, like, like I said when we talked about Horizon Zero Dawn, it's like, okay, this is a great big open world, but I can't jump up on this chest-high rock in Zelda. It's like, all right, yeah, fuck that. You can go, like, anywhere you want. Like, yeah, this is a, this is a full-blown thing. Like, you can, if you got the stamina meter, climb all you fucking want. So... It's uh, it's I remember dope, when I, man. When I first started playing the game, and you get the you get off the Great Plateau, it's like you must see you go to the the Elder in Kakariko Village to discover what you need to discover to progress the story and everything. It's like yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm just I'm gonna go to this field for a little bit. Oh, there's a thing over here. Oh, everything. And then all of a sudden, the Zoras were talking to me like, hey, you must be here to save the prince, right? Like, oh, I don't think I was supposed to be here yet. I think right, I was yeah. supposed to go somewhere else first. Yeah, you want to go talk to the elder at Kakariko Village? Man, fuck that motherfucker. I want to climb this mountain. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go that way. <laughs> like, I loved, uh, you know, fucking, you know, like, after fully playing through it at some point, like, I was just wandering around, and I was, like, getting back towards the Great Plateau, and there's, like, this giant decimated, like, Colosseum area with, like, a Lionel and a bunch of elemental weapons in it, and I'm like, man... This was right next to the Great Plateau. Like, I would have had to walk all of, like, five feet off the beaten path when I started playing this game to find this, and I totally missed it. Like, the game is just crazy. Like, I would have gotten fucking murdered, but, like, this would have been good to find right off the bat. I could have grabbed a couple of, like, flame blades and then just, like, taken off for, you know, Kakariko Village or whatever. Oh, well, live and learn. Like I think I was actually talking to you about, um... One of the one of the armor sets, I think it was the climbing gear. It's like, yeah, I, I like it. It's really useful. I just wish it it looked more like you know Link's classic green tunic. And you said like, yep. oh well, go to the village and just dye it green. What village? Yeah, you yeah. know the village where you get your house. What are you talking about? What I house? Have no idea. <laughs> yeah. There's a village with a, a clothing dyeing shop and a house. You know. No, there's not. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> I completely skipped over an entire city in this game. Yeah, no, it took me. I mean, literally. I was trying to play through most of the game without looking up stuff on guides. And, like, there's a southern village. It's, like, I think it's, like, Lurlin Village or something. It's, like, on the on the coast. And it's, like, a fishing village. And it's just this nice little tropical area. I couldn't find it. Like, I just couldn't. And it's, like, it's on the southern coast. Where the fuck? Like, I'm just riding my horse on the beach. Can't find it. Keep getting side quests. Keep getting sidetracked. Where the fuck is this village? And then, like, okay, finally I looked up. And, like, you know, I was near it. Just didn't go the right direction. The map's huge. <laughs> like, seems like it should stand out more. It didn't. Yeah. But, uh... I think I had beaten 
two of the divine beasts before I even went through and got the towers to fill in the map. Oh man, see that was the first thing I did. It's like, well, I can see those towers. I'm just gonna go to the next one and the next one. <laughs> like, and then once I filled in the map after like only defeating one of the divine beasts, I'm like, holy fuck, man! I just, I think I just overwhelmed myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I shouldn't have seen all this. There's too much. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, you know, I love it. It's a great big fucking just world to explore. Um, you know, I'm I'm really hoping that with its success that they can maybe follow in the footsteps of Ocarina of Time and do like an asset flip and reuse some of this stuff and just make like a remixed Majora's Mask style version of this. Like, it's a beautiful, great big world they've got here. And, you know, there's there's a story that needs to be filled in. I, I like the presentation of the story. You know, it's a hundred years after a great calamity. Okay, that's cool. You know what would be a, a really fun game to play? The time leading up to the great calamity. <laughs> like, you know what's cool about riding, you know, this like desolated, you know, desolate like Hyrule field and seeing all these destroyed guard towers and stuff? You know, yeah, it's cool. It's, you know, it's a little, it's not, it's weird because it's not bleak, the game. Because everything is kind of, you're like, it's kind of a paradise. It's a nice place to go. All the villages don't seem to be fearing guardian attacks. You know, there's no walls or anything. <laughs> but, you know, like, everywhere in between the villages is just, like, you know, bombed up and depleted. Rebuild all that shit and let me go explore that before all the shit goes down. Like, just make a full thriving version of this world. And, uh, yeah, I'll go play the fuck out of that. Like, I don't know. I don't think it'd be terribly hard. Just, like, oh, yeah, we got this great big, like, you know, castle keep thing that's, you know, destroyed and full of fucking, like, Ganon goo. Get the Ganon goo out of there and rebuild the castle and make it a fucking castle. Like, you know. Make it a traditional Zelda game with dungeons and shit. <laughs> like, you know. That's what I was going to say. It's like, you know, this place is basically a paradise. As long as you don't go near the castle. Yeah, exactly. That's the strangest thing. Like, it's it's years and years after this calamity. And, you know, it's like, okay, you know, the world was destroyed and, you know, like, our hope is gone. And I guess the whole thing is they were able to rebuild to the extent they have because, I don't know if it's spoilers to say that Zelda is holding Ganon at bay. But, like... Ganon's not fully destroyed the world because he's being held at bay. And so everybody's been able to kind of rebuild. But, like, yeah, there isn't much, like, fear in the world. Like, you go to Kakariko Village and it's not like... Like I said, there's no walls or guards or anything like that. But, like, if you're just kind of out and about strolling through Hyrule Field, there's giant robots that shoot you with lasers. <laughs> and it's very fucking dangerous. So it's like they kind of got the post-apocalyptic setting, right? But not quite. So... Get, you know, make a follow-up to this game and show everything that led up to the fucking, you know, Zelda apocalypse. Like, I'd play the shit out of it. I mean, they were already planning on doing it as possibly Hyrule Wars. That was one of the concepts they worked on. And Zelda Invasion, where spaceships come and start beaming things down. That might explain See, I want there's that weird... fucking game. That sounds like nuts. That would be such a good way to explain how they got access to advanced technology. <laughs> like... Oh, man. What would make it even better is if the aliens that landed were the same aliens that steal the cows from Majora's Mask. Oh, yeah. You know, or if they bared any resemblance to the beasts in Twilight Princess. It's like, all right, cool. Money oh. in the bank. I'm in. Like, <laughs> count me right back in. Um, that is brilliant. Yeah. You know, big portals dropping aliens into the world. Like, yeah. You know, want. Want it bad. But, uh, yeah, man. The game's fucking superb. Uh, Jesse, you still haven't played this, have you? No, I haven't. 
Do you still have a Wii U? No, I had to sell it. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you my Wii U, man. I'm tired of you having not played this game, and I'm not playing mine anymore. So, I'm gonna get that shit over to you, and I need you to get into the fucking Breath of the Wild groove. <laughs> like, so, uh... It looks you know. badass. Yeah, it is. And John, I don't know what to do about you. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I would tell you to go buy a Switch, but I know you'll hate it. So, uh, maybe don't. <laughs> yeah, just find a way to play. Buy a used Wii U. Like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's uh it's about time, John. You need to get into the modern gaming thing, and I don't mean 3DS. Like, you know, you need to get into the modern gaming <laughs> scene. Go get a Wii U. <laughs> exactly. You need to get into five years ago's failed fucking modern gaming scene. You know, it's time. Like that uh, would be a very Johnny move, dude. Yeah, yeah. You buy a fucking Wii U, and then you know, realize your fucking career aspirations of a being a Smash Brothers tournament organizer. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it'll be dope. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, Breath of the Wild's fucking fantastic. Uh, soundtrack's really great. David, that second song was the dragon theme. That's um, what it was. Okay. And see, that's that's one of those magical moments in this game. Like, oh, look, here's this great big Hyrule field. And now uh, the sun's setting and the moon's rising. And then, like, depending on where you are, there's a giant dragon off in the distance. Like, hey, what's that guy doing there? <laughs> like, do well, I the- need to go kill it? No, yes, I don't know. Better go check. <laughs> like <laughs> the first one that I found, I was exploring the uh, the northwest, the like ice area, the yeah. like frozen canes, everything, and I was just walking around like looking for shrines and everything. And then I literally turned a corner, and there's a dragon flying. Like, uh, um, okay, uh, I'm yeah. gonna take out my bow. Right. Yeah, no, whenever I was first playing it and, like, crossing uh, Lake Hylia, and then all of a sudden there's, like, a fucking thunder dragon coming up out of nowhere. It's like, uh, that's cool. It doesn't seem terribly interested in me, but I should Let probably me go poke shoot. it with something. I should probably shoot. Yeah, exactly. I want to poke it with something. <laughs> uh, yeah, and see, yeah, and it took me, the map is so fucking big, and it took me getting this, the first DLC thing where they added in, did you get the DLC, David? I did not. You you should you know just because I I recommend everything relating to this game, but the uh, the hero's path that they add in where you can retrace your entire journey, like it just does a line throughout the giant map showing you everywhere you've been, uh, and it lets you see places you maybe didn't go, and it's like hey look I never went up this one giant snowy mountain I should go see what's up there. Oh hey, there's a giant dragon at the top of this mountain. <laughs> like, I fucking missed this completely the first time around. <laughs> like, it's a it's a really cool feature for a big open world game to you know it's literally tracking your entire movement. Like, my game that I played for over a hundred hours, I can rewind it back to literally the beginning of the game, and it'll show me. I can hit play and watch everywhere I've been and everywhere I've died in the game, and it's just like, oh cool. And then you can fast forward it and just kind of explore the places that you fucking missed. So, you know, I think all open world games should have that because, uh, you know, having played some like, you know, some Fallout and some Elder Scrolls, I always feel like I'm missing something. <laughs> so, it's a you know. family circus shit. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they have the uh, the one comic strip where it'd be like, hey, this is all the places Billy went. And it'd be like the little, the dots going all over the place. And then yeah. at the end, you'd see Billy and he'd be like covered in mud and have like a bucket on his head. And you're like, oh, that's how all that happened. This is uh, such a hilarious comic strip. Yeah, I'm Billy. 93 years old. 
Yeah, I know what's funny and hip. Family circus. Um, yeah, no, that should, you know, they should totally have that. Like, where's Link going? I don't know, he's been fucking just wandering all over this place with no sense of urgency for hours upon hours. Um, but yeah, uh, the game's great. Um, they need to follow it up. I would play, you know, a prequel. And, uh, as part of the prequel, I would absolutely, you know, it needs to have fucking a mode where you actually play as Zelda. Like, it's about, you know, like, you gotta be able to switch characters at some point in these games. Like, and it makes no sense to not be able to play as Zelda. I thought that was for sure coming in this game. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually, there's, I was just seeing a thing about it, um, there's a group of modders who are making Zelda playable in the game, where Zelda's the one who, like, wakes up. And a lot of the model work is amazing, because they're going through with all of the armor, all of the weapons, and it's straight up Zelda. Yeah. Hoisting a fucking sledgehammer to bash a rock monster in the head. See, that's cool. And, I mean, does it make so much more sense that Link wakes up and Zelda's been keeping Ganon at bay? Or does it also make sense that Zelda wakes up and Link, the warrior, has been keeping Ganon at bay? I mean, seriously, just flip it around. Like, I love Nintendo, but apparently fucking, you know, like, uh, what's the name of the director? I can't fucking think of his name. Um, Aonuma-san. He fucking said something like, yeah, well, we thought about having Zelda playable, but we thought if, you know, if, like, sh- you know, if she's playable, then what does Link do? It's like, doesn't matter. Let them both be playable. Like, yeah. you know, it's not fucking a mutually exclusive thing. Like, <laughs> let the woman in on the action, you dumbass. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's my wish list for uh, the next Zelda. It needs to be out in the next couple of years on Switch. Just flip all the assets from this. Add in a playable Zelda, maybe, you know, some kind of partner system with the champions, because I love all those guys, and just, you know, put it out there. You'll sell another 10 million copies of this. This is the best-selling Zelda game of all time, and it deserves to be, because it's fucking dope. Um, yeah, it's just fucking wonderful. Hot take. Yeah, exactly. John. I hit the button. (laughs) Hot take. It's like a second load there. I hit it, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, glad to finally get it on the show. Breath of the Wild's fucking excellent. And, uh, Johnny, unless there's something else, I think we gotta take it to the calculating computer. Calculating computer activated. Computers. Beeps. Space! Boops. Scoring complete. This game's winner is... John Harrington. <gasps> really? Oh, a truly triumphant return to the podcast for me? We didn't plan that, did we? No, of course not. Oh, man. Oh. What a crazy random happenstance. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, in a, in a game where it had to be me or Johnny, it was me. Who saw that coming? I didn't. Um, man, great game. Glad to win, and I'm glad to be back. Let's see, what do we got coming up? It's, uh... This episode, shit, man, this is episode 111. That's, you know, I feel like there's there would have been a fun tie into that one, like all the same number, like, th- you know, three of the same thing or something like that. I'm trying to think, what's, what's something you make <laughs> out of 112? Uh, episode 112 coming up. I got nothing, so I'm falling back. Uh, you know, right now we're in the midst of NBA and NHL playoffs. It's a great time to be a sports fan, so we're doing sports games. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Dope soundtracks, fucking dope games, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. So, uh, sports games next week on Game That Tune. Lock it in. 
should we clarify what does and doesn't constitute a sport? Perhaps off mic. What? I don't know that that okay. needs to be clarified. <laughs> well, I uh, mean, like, a racing game. Yeah. Mm, racing games are kind of racing games. So, sports games. You know, NASCAR is not a sport. I don't give a fuck what okay. anyone says. Oh. <laughs> nope. It's racing. It's not a sport. You know, don't make me say, like, sports ball game games. Like, fucking... You, you know a sports game when you play one, so choose the music from that. Sorry, David, you don't get to pick NASCAR 08 or whatever the last one we all played was. You know, we, we fucking... We're done. You know, Dale Jr.'s retired, and so too is NASCAR from the game that tune. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be sports. You know it when you see it. I'm just counting on you to get it right, David. Uh, and thank you uh, for uh, for listening. Thanks to everybody that's uh, watching along with us live. Uh, we're live every Wednesday. Twitch.tv slash game that tune. YouTube.com slash game that tune. Facebook.com slash game that tune. And we're piping audio into the Discord chat. Go to game that tune.com and find the Discord link and join us uh, on Discord for much more live chat and, uh, you know, a fun audio simulcast of the show. Thank you to everybody that listens in podcast form. We're so happy to have you guys. Check out GameThatTune.com, iTunes, or wherever the fuck else you get a podcast these days. We're probably there. Um, thank you to Alex Messenger for a request. Uh, if you want to make a request, you should hit us up, GameThatTune at gmail.com, or slide into our Twitter DMs at GameThatTune on Twitter. Speaking of Alex Messenger, thank you to Patreon. Patreon.com slash GameThatTune is the home for fun exclusives. We've got all kinds of crazy stuff going on there, mostly video game music related. We've got the la uh, the new episode of GTT Gems, where we take a look back at uh, video game music and releases from 30, 20, and 10 years ago, and also a little bit of modern music in there. Uh, we've got new mixtapes coming all the time. David's got a new one coming down the chute real soon. Jesse's working on his uh, Game That Tune Covered Up series where he plays the music from uh, video game cover artists. And Johnny does something. Um, you know, Johnny runs it. basically everything. Yes, Johnny is the tech wizard that actually keeps the show running, so I'm not going to make him play the saxophone for you, but he will one day. Um, so yeah, check out patreon.com slash Game That Tune. Throw us a couple of bucks. We'd appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to our Patreon super fan tier producers, Alex Messenger and Lance Revere. You guys are fantastic, and you've done great things for the show. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, find us on Twitter at GameThatTune. Uh, find me on Twitter at JGangsta187. Find John Regan on Twitter at JPRegan.jr. Find David Fleming on Twitter at EFDFleming. And find Jesse Moore on Twitter at Sega underscore legend. Yep, and thanks again for everybody for listening. It's good to be back, and, uh, you know, can't wait to have some more fun with you guys. So for my bonus tunes, it's a special occasion, and I'm happy to be back on the show, so we're going out with some special occasion music from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. We're having a wedding at Terrytown, y'all. Peace out. See you next week.
Grand Theft Auto San Andreas is copyright 2004 Tick 2 Interactive Software Incorporated. Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcades Revenge is copyright 1992 LJN Limited and Marvel Entertainment Group Incorporated. Shantae Half-Genie Hero is copyright 2016 Way Forward Technologies. Star Wars is copyright 1991 Tier Text Design Studios and US Gold Limited. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is copyright 2017 Nintendo of America Incorporated. Hey, hey, you know what? Give me a second. Our audio has not been on this whole time. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just gonna uh, keep holding the baby up. Dun, dun, that's dun. A... There's still okay, a baby. Wait. Hold on. Oh yeah. Okay, I think it's got all of us on it. Cool. So that all that whole intro's podcast exclusive. <laughs> no one knows why I'm back. Nobody <laughs> knows, knows why I'm holding a baby. Nobody knows what this show is.